We are now live on um, podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler. Going to talk about the came and went in a NFL big June 1st uh, trade deadline. Or not trade deadline. This was supposed to be a big day past 3 o'clock central time, everybody. Uh, Julio Jones, Aaron Rodgers can be traded. Uh, There's other players. Hayden Hurst, Zach Ertz from the Philadelphia. Make sure I can see everything. Okay. From the Philadelphia Eagles uh, could have been traded today. Nothing happened. So we'll talk about that. Battle of attrition. Look at all these injuries in the NBA. Uh Crazy fanness may talk about. Uh, also, want to talk about how to fix this college football. Something that came up in the Mac and Jack show the other day, and it kind of made me look like I was crazy talk. And I wanted to uh, make sure and double down on my thought, which is backed up by a rule that has been put in college football uh, with the scholarship limitations. Okay, but first. Anthony Davis will not play. We got a game coming up here in uh, 10 minutes tip-off between Phoenix. Crucial game five between Phoenix, Suns, and L.A. Lakers. I don't want to say I told you so, but my dad used to tell me, if you don't toot your own horn, nobody will. I told you guys from the very beginning, uh, as of a few weeks ago, when LeBron's coming back from that uh, high ankle sprain, and Anthony Davis, being the Anthony Davis he is, these guys playing as a seventh seed. Uh, I did not believe they was going to be able to make it all the way through. Looks like they may get beat tonight and may get put out of this series. They may be able to knock out this uh, Phoenix team. But uh, I just don't see them going to the finals. I'll go against the odds makers of having them the absolute favorite there. Uh, Davis cannot stay healthy. Yeah, he is a hurt locker kind of player. LeBron will be 37 years old in December. He's no spring chicken either, folks. So, like I said, he's got a growing uh, knee sprain, a a growing uh, strain and a knee sprain. Now, when you're trying to compensate an injury, and I've, I've had... Uh, you know, sores, uh, knee soreness, ankle soreness, uh, blisters. You're always walking gingerly. You're trying to, uh, you know, uh, not put too much pressure on that. So I think that knee strain caused the growing issue. If you ask me, we saw it a few years ago, back when Derrick Rose play, coming back from serious injury, I want to say ACL, something like that with the Chicago Bulls pickles, if you recall, he was trying to go out there and overcompensate that injury. Uh, and then he ends up re-injuring himself and getting put out of the playoffs back back then about, this was seven, eight years ago, back when uh, he was playing with the Bulls with uh, Coach Thibodeau. Now, you know, Chris Paul's got a shoulder injury. He's going to play tonight, you know, but they're going to play the winner of, of Denver and Portland. They're tied two to two. And, you know, these guys are all beating up on each other. I kind of feel vindicated from my Lakers prediction. Plus, 
now that Donovan Mitchell, uh, this Utah team's been laughed at, mocked, overlooked, and now they look to be in a driver's seat, taking a 3-1 lead against the Memphis Grizzly. Now, this team will play um, what looks like a re-energized, rejuvenated L.A. Clipper team, folks, you know. And I still stand by what I said. If this Clipper team does not make it to the East Western Conference Finals, I still think that Kawhi Leonard will um, will exercise his player option. He'll have a player option on August 1st. Folks, this is June, June, June the 1st, by the way. Oh, by the way, Pickles, we are 100 days away. Everybody want to make sure and emphasize that. From kickoff in the NFL, we will be 15 weeks from Thursday. We will be in the first game in the NFL. Just wanted to throw that out to you. But going back to August 1st, so Kawhi Leonard, he will have that player option coming up. This team will still have an option to trade Paul George if this team doesn't make it to the funnels. I got a feeling that they're going to get past Dallas now. There's a, a battle of attrition. That's the title of today's program. Uh, Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic uh, he's got a sore neck going back to that. So I'm not sure if they're going to be able to come back and beat this hungry, motivated uh, Clipper team there. I, I just don't – I'm not sure if they're going to be able to do it. seems like the bell may have went off there for these guys. Uh, you you want to look at some of their stats here? Kawhi thirty two and nine last two games. Paul George has not slacked off. They know they're getting criticized in the in the media around the basketball world. Paul George twenty four and eight. You just wonder what Ty Lue told these guys going into this. So you know, I, I think that. Um, and like I said, this team will play. The winner will play at Utah. Uh, in the regular season, Utah was 2-1 and one against this Clipper team. Uh, and that was with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and a healthy then uh, Donovan Mitchell. So we're going to see how well they play out. I'm leaning Utah in that series, just looking ahead. Now, you know... Uh, this Dallas team may, you know, uh, Doncic's neck could be feeling better. He could take something for his neck and shoot their lights out in L.A. And then this game go to game seven. They get hot uh, and win the next two. You, you just can't trust this uh, Clipper team. I, I just don't trust them. But uh, the West is wide open. Uh, like I said, I felt like Utah had, had a uh, slight advantage. Feel vindicated on that. I like Brooklyn in the East. Like them a little bit better now. Milwaukee's got one of their guards out. He's not a uh, not a, a premier guy, but it's a depth guy. Okay, and now Joel Embiid in the East, he is doubtful to play the next game. So Washington may steal another game and push this Philadelphia team to what they thought was going to be a sweep to end up being a six-game series where they're going to have to get up and play hard. So, like I said, this thing is, is 
battle of attrition. Now, as far as going back to this uh, Lakers Lakers team, like LeBron being 37 years old, you know, uh, in December, I think the only way he's going to win a championship, either maybe find his way out of L.A. or potentially uh, them this team having to work out another trade uh, to get another star player, uh, maybe he can be the third wheel or something like that. He's not going to get any younger. People keep comparing him to a – you keep hearing these Tom Brady 40 – Tom Brady is not run up and down the field like that. Uh, you know, I, I just think that um, this may be his last hoorah. Now, of course, this guy is big at uh, – he's a big stat king. He is a guy that wants to – everybody – he wants to convince, going back to LeBron, he wants to convince me and you, fans, that he's the greatest of all time. If he gets the six rings, he's thinking in his mind, LeBron James, that we are going to think that he's the greatest of all time historically because he's going to have better stats. He's going to have better playoff stats. He's going to have uh, better career numbers than uh, a Michael Jordan but if he finds a way to sneak in the back, uh, the back end to get two championships from a team that he's a third and fourth wheel on, uh, I could see him possibly doing that because I think this is going to be the regular with Anthony Davis. This was supposed to be the year where he was going to pass the buck on to Davis and Davis be the man. I was listening today. Uh, reporter came on, Colin Cowerson, uh, Anthony Davis was not 100% coming in to the season. He was out of shape, slightly coming into this season. People want to blame this short and condensed season. I don't know. I don't know. But I do say this, that it's going to be an interesting storyline to follow. Like I said, same thing with Kawhi Leonard. Uh, now, if they make it to the finals, maybe he doesn't opt out. and Maybe they do keep Paul George and and. You know, maybe they add a player. Uh, I don't know about a Chris Paul, but maybe another free agent out there, a lower-end free agent. But, uh, you know, speaking of adding, before I get off on another tangent here, uh, I know Carlos probably coming here somewhere. Uh, the Knicks, I want to I remind everybody, I know they've been disappointing bouncing around the NBA playoffs here, 27-win team last year. They were a 41-win team this year. Uh, thought coach uh, Tom Thibodeau should have won coach of the year. They're obviously not the skillful team that they should be. Uh, they lack shooters. Atlanta has shooters for days. I talked about that on the program. I want to say – Thursday's program, where I had some technical problems here, but uh, but I did get it on the podcast. So this team needs two or three shooters. I was reading that maybe they try to go after Kawhi Leonard. Uh, he is a player's coach, Tom Thibodeau. Uh, some of the other players, your Joel, uh, your uh, Julius Randle, and your Derek Rose, these guys are going to have to try to talk in other teams, other players, and free agents to come play for a Thibodeau. Now, uh, I think Jimmy Butler would. 
he he is a coach like uh, Carlos said who watched the program often was saying that he has a tendency to ride players in the ground and that they um, tend to ride players in the ground. They seem to wear out towards the playoffs and everything of that nature. I understand where he's coming from there. But also, players play hard for this guy, Kobe Bryant. Listening to it today, it looks like he total respected uh, uh, Thibodeau as an assistant there. So as long as the players trust you, I think that you will be able to get free agents to come to uh, New York. There, there's all kinds of you know this team's got salary cap room. Uh, they they have a they have a pulse again. Uh, there's a lot of shooters out there that they can pick up. Uh, Mid level guys don't necessarily need an air quote mega star on this team. Uh, don't don't need a player that's air quote in his prime. Uh, they they need some more depth. Uh, remember they they Bullock and 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 uh, who was the other guy? Uh, Bear. Those guys are super young folks. I mean they're they're talking 21, 22, 23 year old players still trying to get a feel for the NBA life. Derrick Rose and, and Randall are your two Grizzly veterans there, and none of the, neither one of them. Uh, Rose is 32 years old, and people treating him like he's Robert Parrish, like he's 38, 40 years old. Not quite. But he has came back and played for Tom Thibodeau. So there's a trust level there. I, I think that they can go out and get some shooters. Uh, I think it'll be a different perception of the Knicks. I think they're probably going to get put out. I'd say they're, they're going to fight their guts out and win this next game up in New York and then I think Atlanta, that they're obviously the better team. The guys, let's just face it, they're a much more skillful team. Uh, but I do think that Thibodeau does need to work on some of his um, outside shooting, uh, try to get the ball around the perimeter a little bit more, set up three-point shots. Guys look like they're rushing shots up there, playing a little reckless abandonment there. Uh, needs to do something that'd be a better offense. Uh, needs what do you call in football? Pickles an offensive coordinator for everything I see from him. Um, Randall has not played up to par in the playoffs. Uh, needs some more sharpshooters around the perimeter. Got some big men in the middle. I like this topping guy. Uh, so the guard play has got to get better, and I think they can work out some things through trade, free agency, uh, something to look forward to. If you are a New York Nick fan, and like I said earlier, folks, uh, Joel Embiid, uh, you know, this team, I think they're going to get past going back to the Philadelphia 76ers there. So they're going to play this Nick team next, uh, or, or Atlanta, excuse me. So they're going to play Atlanta uh, without Embiid there. That just makes that what should be a four, a five-game series, now could be a potential six or seven possible upset of this 76er team that's played so well coming into this last night's game. Uh, he's doubtful to play tomorrow night in beat, and this is another guy that, like an Anthony Davis, really good player, liked him since he came out of Kansas. He's had on and off injury problems in the NBA, 
early in his career. Uh, but but playing against a defensive guy like a Clint Capella, per se, uh, it, it, it can make it uh, make life hard for him. See, they've got a solid big on the inside Atlanta, and they've got those deadly sharpshooters. So this, I thought, was going to be a walk in the park for Philadelphia until that injury came up the other day, looking like they were going for a sweep of Washington. Now this may go six. And now they're going to have their hands full with Atlanta. So now this, you know, and I and I believe I want to say I bet that I haven't looked at the score, folks, but I'm pretty sure that the um, I'm pretty sure that that Brooklyn game is just about over with. Uh, now you've got Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Probably could be the best series. Could be the best series in the East. Maybe one of the best series in all of the playoffs. Uh, once Brooklyn actually finishes off uh, who they're playing right now, Boston. I think this game could probably, yeah, Brooklyn won. Thank you, Pickles. Uh, so that's official. Now they're going. Now they stay in Brooklyn and they're going to play a Milwaukee team much upgraded. Uh, PJ Tucker. Everybody's talking about he's going to be the secret weapon to. Uh, Kevin Durant, but let me tell you guys, those last few games, there was no James Harden. And I think this is going to be a different story here. Now, this team in Brooklyn, I have noticed it, that they're giving up right out over 100 points a game. Their defense is not going to be as good uh, as it should be. So this is probably going to be a six or seven point, uh, uh, six or seven game series. My guess, Pickles, this will probably come down to Three to five points in each game. This will be a great, great series. Uh, but I, I do like Brooklyn to get past. I feel good about my preseason picks now. Again, we're talking about of attrition. Uh, Harden's been injured this year. Kyrie Irving's been injured this year. Uh, Kevin Durant's coming off injured from last year, and he was injured this year. So we don't know what's going to happen. But if they stay healthy, if they stay relatively healthy, I do like uh, this Brooklyn team to take that in six, and then they're going to play what would be uh, a walk in the park. Now we don't know. It, could, it may be Atlanta. So I do project Atlanta going forward and, and, and possibly even beating Philadelphia. We don't know how bad that knee is. They're going to do further evaluations what Adrian Wojciechowski said on Joel LMB this afternoon. Now, I feel bad for Philadelphia fans because I think they had a legit shot to win it. Again, my preseason favorite was Brooklyn over Utah. But I did predict one of these Eastern teams are going to win it. It's either going to be Utah or, excuse me, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, or Philadelphia. And I think that's going to be Brooklyn. Yeah, Claxton is uh, lights out off the bench. Yes, that is true. And, and 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 going back to Brooklyn, Charles Barkley said that he thinks James Harden's one of the best potential one-on-one uh, -on -one players in the whole NBA. Of course, Shaq almost walked off the stage earlier uh, the other night. But I do think that um, you know Barkley was on to something there. Harden does make that big a difference. For this team. Uh, he's playing the best that he's ever played. So 
I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, other other news. Okay, Kyrie Irving had a bo- water bottle thrown at him. By Boston fan got arrested. Uh, another pl- uh, fan ran onto the court. You know something? I want I wanted to talk about this again. Okay, these these are new stories. This is not me repeating stories. These are new fan allegation fan issues going with this. Talking about the playoffs in general. I think, and I know your Spike Lee's of the world, they're not going to like what I'm about to say. But for one thing, I like what Jimmy Johnson said about the football. Putting a tarp over the the uh, alleyway, the hall, going into the locker room where, player, where people cannot throw stuff at the players, that should have been done a while back. That's number one. They do that in the NFL. You can't you can't uh, get access to the players. Jimmy Johnson said they were throwing snowballs at them, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, when he was in Philadelphia. Number two, there should be one of those little chain things. Um, they got like uh, hooks and rails uh, that you see in the bank. They, these little poles you put out in the bank, they've got these little rails and everything. Uh, screen catcher, yeah, stuff like that. That should be put on the court for people with courtside seats. And, you know, I've done security, crowd control, didn't like it, done it at the Belmont Stakes in New York. But they should have people watching that. And if you cross that line, the players are going to have to get used to it. The stars are going to have to get used to it. But if you cross that line, you're warned, depending on how far you go over that line. Uh and then you're 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 asked to be ejected from the game. So, uh, because remember there was a there was incident earlier with this woman cursing out LeBron, and uh, she eventually got thrown out of a game in Atlanta. It's been way. It, it, listen, Monica Pickles, you remember this? Monica Sellis was stabbed in the back about 25 years ago. She's a tennis player. Uh, people are way too familiar. The way out of line. I don't think something like that could happen to me. I want to say they've got. Metal detectors and stuff. Uh, now you can put uh, cops watch the game, not the fans. Yeah, that that is yeah, that's true. Uh, stuff like that does happen, but I do think those little uh, barricades need to be put up for people on the floor, and they need a, like a tarp over the walk-in uh, through the hallway. There's been too many incidents, guys. Here in the last few days, I don't know what's wrong with people. I've never been a big big fan of that personally. I've told you guys before. Um, that's one of the reasons why I do not like actually going to the games myself, okay? Let's see. So that's just about every argument here. It looks like the games are, um, you, you know, it's kind of filling out who's who in both sides, the East and the West. Okay, today is June the 1st. Remember, we talked about this the other day that this was a big day. And, you know, you're reading all these email, uh, emails. We're reading all these uh, articles that the, the, the Atlanta Falcons are, are, are putting out. Julio Jones, the team has been offered a first-round pick, but they can't do anything till 3 o'clock Central Time on Tuesday, June the 1st. Well, that's what today is, folks. And none of these players, Aaron Rodgers is still a Packer. 
Uh, Julio Jones is still Atlanta Falcon. Zach Ertz, that's one I haven't been talking about, but he's been in the news. He's a tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles, owed $8 million this year, has been talked about in trade rumors. And I've also found out the other tight end pickles, Hayden Hurst of the um, Atlanta Falcons, they're talking about trading him after uh, after today. You know, and I'm looking at this article here from SB Nation, and they, they mentioned guys like Hayden Hurst of Atlanta for money old and Zach Ertz. Now, listen, these guys, and then this, this article actually mentioned uh, – the the Christian Kirk, which I, I think that's just ridiculous. Trey Cannon, Christian Kirk is not a bust, but his play has been underwhelming since being the second round selection. Uh, I do not agree with that in this article. I would keep a young, energetic Christian Kirk. I think he's a good offset to DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Hayden Hurst is a tight end, a free agent tight end that Atlanta brought in last year, and I thought was underutilized when he was thrown to. He was productive. Now, I know they've spent, they got Cal Pitts with the number four pick, but I like opening up the middle of the field. But going back to your Zach Ertz and your Hayden Hurses of the world, if I'm a team like the Tennessee Titans, I would love to get a Hayden Hurst because remember, they got rid of an inconsistent Janu Smith and they do not have a name, air quote, name tight end. I like Reynolds to pick up there. And, of course, I love A.J. Brown. Uh, Julio Jones is a lot of money. Uh, he is more of a brand than the actual player. And Atlanta claiming that they had this big, if they had a first-round pick, he would have been shopped already. He would have been shopped at 301 Central Time today, and, 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 and we would be reading about him and his new team. They, they – they're pro- whoever this other team is, whether it be Tennessee, New England, uh, or whoever for Julio, 49ers, and I even mentioned uh, Red Seattle, that move would have already been done. My guess is, like I said, it's probably a conditional one, and they don't want to have to pay for all this. Um, Atlanta don't want to eat that salary, and no other team wants to eat his salary. For a player who played nine games last year and, uh, what, 14, 15 the year before that, but check this out. He was questionable, didn't practice most games last year. And then the year before that, uh, there were several games where he was up to game time decision. Well, if you're bringing a guy into a new system, a new culture, uh, a new quarterback, uh, he's going to need to be able to practice more. This other team, whatever XY team, there would be the Patriots, Tennessee, or whoever, uh, they don't want to pay a first-round pick and pick up all this extra money for this guy and he not be able to develop chemistry in the regular season with the quarterback. You know, I like Julio Jones, but we have to be realistic with the production of these players. As far as Aaron Rodgers is concerned, uh, I mentioned this the other day. I'm getting close to my – hold on, folks. Let me change out my – change out my uh, – podcast here. All righty. Now, okay, I'm back. My thing is about Julio Jones. Let me make sure and put this back on here. Not Julio Jones, Aaron Rodgers. Okay, 
the idea that has been thrown out here by former general managers, uh, former coaches, Eric Mingini, uh, Tannenbaum, I can't remember the guy's first name, used to be the general manager of the Jets and the Miami Dolphins. They say, listen, why should teams, uh, why should the Packers trade him now? Why not let Green Bay, why not just put him on, uh, put the fines out there, let him know you're going to find him, get Jordan Love or whoever, Blake Bortle, whoever you want to bring in there as starter, whoever can make it as a starter, and play the season out for what it is. You can see whatever you got out of Jordan Love, which right now doesn't look good, but you never know. And wait and see what the other team will have in the draft. In other words, you may have a team that could be like a Denver, for instance. What if the Denver was a front runner, but they were competing with another player, okay? Well, what if the other team whatever, has a be- a worse record. Say say Baltimore. Something, something happens to Baltimore. Uh, you have a running quarterback like a Lamar Jackson. Uh, he gets hurt in the preseason. Robert Griffin's been known to get hurt all the time anyways when he was starting. Both of them get hurt. They have a massive amount of entries on that great defense, and they end up in the top 10, top 5. Okay? Say Denver ends up 8-8, eight and eight, and, they're, and they're, they're 17th and down. Well, wouldn't you rather a, a Baltimore Raven team with the fifth pick overall, one of those defensive players, and maybe two other first-round picks in the future, and rather than four first-round picks, all either wear from 17 to 25 out of a Denver Broncos? And uh, remind you, uh, Rodgers, this is, you got to play it hardball. You got to look at this from a business perspective and totally take the emotion out. Uh, like I said, this is this idea has been floating around for a couple of weeks now. But like I said, different general managers, former coaches, they don't have to trade this guy. Now, me personally, I'm thinking my first instinct for something like that would be, okay, well, I don't want that strain of have you talked to Aaron Rodgers? I don't want that question being asked to my team every single week, every single practice leading up to uh, each game for, for for 18 weeks. Uh, remember, it's a 17-week regular season, plus you got the bye week. Uh, there every single week. But that being said, being the Green Bay Packers, a team that lives and dies with draft picks, very rarely, if ever, gets a big-name free agent, they can play the long game like nobody's business to say, we'll just sit here and we'll, we'll keep it. Uh, he uh, If he retires... We still own his rights for three years. We still own this guy's rights for three years. We could sit this thing out. Uh, we're probably not going to be that good. And we're going to find out what this other guy is. We'll have this player. We doubt we're going to call his bluff that he's not going to retire. And we're going to just going to save face and let him sit there. And then when somebody wants to, and he has a no trade clause. So you let this thing play out. You're sitting there with a top five pick versus a 17th or 20th pick to add. That's all food for thought. Because what if Jordan Love's terrible? What if he's absolutely awful? It, it was a drop ball, and you got to get another quarterback next year. Now, I know that early, early, um, 
the early result is the early implications are that this is not a air quote big quarterback draft coming up. Well, the year before Joe Burrow was drafted, that was supposed to not be a big quarterback draft. You got Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. So you never know what these players, I never heard of Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson may be bad. But as far as those tight ends, speaking of Zach Wilson, uh, if you got a Zach Ertz out there, if you have a Hayden Hurst out there, I know Trevor Lawrence has got Tebow. Come on. Maybe Tebow will work. Maybe he won't. But if I'm a Jacksonville Jaguars team, plenty of money in the salary cap, go after one of those guys. A young quarterback's best friend's a good tight end. A tight end is a young quarterback's best friend and a good running game. Zach Wilson, uh, Hayden Hurst or Zach Ertz would be ideal for the Jets, especially at Ertz. Ertz is a higher grade of tight end. Uh, guy can get open, catch anything you throw to him. Still very young player. I want to say he's got one year left on his contract. The Jets, I like Chris Herndon. He's a pretty decent player, but I like a Zach Ertz a little bit better. Uh, just to flat out get open, uh, plays through injuries. A little banged up last year. Everybody gets banged up, but I felt like they probably should have did a little bit better and draft and run the Jets. Drafting a running back this year, I want to say they got the, the second running back speedster out of North Carolina, but you, I didn't like what they did at tight end. They should have they should have did something at tight end. So look for the Jets. They really could use one of those players. Tennessee, I would be former uh, uh, Arthur Smith, former coach of the uh, offensive coordinator of the Titans, Mike Vrabel. A lot of connections there. How about if you're Tennessee, why don't you call Atlanta and say, we're not really interested, Julio. Let's go out and get Hayden Hurst. Bring him in. We could open up the middle of the field there. Keep in the tight end in this offense. I'm pretty sure Vrabel's going to kind of continue, maybe add a little bit more of what this team did years past with Arthur Smith. It had to be, it was said to be pretty successful. You could probably get this guy third, maybe fourth rounder. Uh there's much more upside. Plus, he's a much younger player. He was drafted, I want to say, the same year that Mark Andrews of the Baltimore Ravens was drafted. So Hayden Hurst is a really good player, uh, much under the radar. I don't believe what SB Nation's saying. I'm not in that realm. I, guys, I study this every single week. Pickles knows this. I put hours in studying the I love me some Christian Kirk, okay? Uh Sometimes he falls under radar. I felt like Kyler Murray was trying to force the ball too much to either Hopkins or much-aged dinosaur in football years, a Larry Fitzgerald. Well, now they've got A.J. Green, who's also aged a lot in football years. They still have Hopkins, who's their true number one. But I think that uh, the, if, if the uh, Cardinals are smart, that they will keep uh, Christian Kirk there. Okay. All right, uh, college football. Okay, we got a college football coming up. If we're 100 days away from the NFL, we're about 93 away from the college football season. I was on the Mac and Jack show the other day, and I wanted to clarify something. Uh, Mac asked me about what can what can I see for college football to be more competitive. Uh, I thought he was talking about 
tired of the, the the same two or three schools winning every year, it being kind of a regional sport. He was talking about more opening up the playoffs more. I said that would water it down. I brought up the fact taking away scholarships, and the guys seemed to poo-poo that like that's never been done before, like there was never been a air quote uh, cap on scholarships. So here, here's the bit. I'll play the soundbite from the Mac and Jack show on Sunday about college football being more competitive and my suggestion. My idea would be to start eliminating scholarships. Say, for instance, Alabama wins a national championship, lose seven scholarships, the the runner-up loses six. The other two teams in the, in the playoffs, they lose five the next year. They have to eliminate five scholarships. Now, those – We've got the transfer rule, guys. We've got marketing where uh, players can utilize their likeness. So I like all that stuff for the players. But you start eliminating scholarships. Alabama, it's going to be harder for Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State and another SEC school to just continue to dominate each year. Somebody's going to feast off that. And you've got to create more parity. It is such a regional sport. A lot of the West Coast teams are getting left out. Well, of course, we take it more serious down here. But that's the only thing I can think of. Uh, I do not agree with Pickles there. I mean, do not expand it. Do not award. We don't want it to be like college basketball, just water down tea at the end of the meal. No bleeping way. Uh, eliminate scholarships. Let other teams have an opportunity to, to, uh, to bring in those players so teams like Alabama can't stack players. Well, I don't. I don't know if you could legally do that, Robert. I mean, okay, so Jack says. Max says, I don't know if you can legally do that. Well, I had to look up something to. I had to verify something. Okay, 1973. This is from NCAA.com. You can look this up anywhere. 1973 brought first about the first limitations of football scholarships in order to free up money for women's sports after Title IX was passed by Congress in 1972 as a part of the Equal Opportunity Act that caused the NCAA school presidents and athletic directors to push through a limited of 105 scholarships. Additional reductions were made in 1978 to reduce football scholarships to 95, and again in 92 to reduce that number to 85. So, as of today, 2021, teams in college football, NCAA Division I, 85 scholarships. The max per year a team can add is 25, depending on who leaves early for the NFL, graduates, or et cetera. So, that, the idea that that was so far-fetched, and I love Mac and Jack, but that kind of made me look like I'm talking crazy talk. I'm just giving you the facts, okay? So the idea that they cannot be taken away is totally ludicrous, okay? You can lower. You say, well, what do you do? You just take them out. What if the player wants to uh, enroll and go as, uh, uh, you know, uh, pay their own way the first year? Well, with the NIL, the image and likeness uh, being uh, legal for a player to capitalize, someone like Nick Saban to use that loophole to get some company to pay for their scholarship, not the school, the first year. But if you have a great marketing program and an advertisement like a USC, for example, UCLA, what if you live in that area, say, we'll give you the same deal, 
but we have available scholarship to pay your school so you'll get more money and you can stay at home. That's all I'm saying, okay? So the idea, it's not total far-fetched because scholarship limitations have been reduced starting in 1972, again in 1978, and then again in 1992. So again, teams that are in the playoffs lose scholarships all the way up to the inner uh, for the previous, for the next year. Now they'll be able to gain that if they, if they don't get back. Uh, they'll be able to keep a certain amount of scholarships on the roster for no matter what. Like, for instance, if you keep going to the national championship game, there will be a certain amount of limited no matter what. You can't keep penalizing success. There'll be a floor for it. For uh, 60, for example, you throw that number out there and just keep working at it that way. That will give teams in other regions, a lot of these players, uh, it will give them an opportunity, more of incentive to stay at home and uh, play in their local region rather than the big powerhouses like Mac was talking about the other day. Your Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, and Oklahoma, and Georgia, those five schools getting all your NFL players, okay? It's food for thought, like I said. It's something to uh, think about. But looking at my other notes here, just wanted to verify that because the guy made it look like I was totally insane in the membrane there. And I'm only backed up by the facts here because I knew that now those reasons that those, you know, the Title IX and all that, that's all what publicly saying, but we're privately saying all those presidents and, 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 and athletic directors are saying from the 70s, Oklahoma, uh, Miami, going into early 80s. These powerhouse Alabama then with Bear Bryant, they're stacking and stacking and stacking scholarships, completely dominating. That's what they're really saying, but they wanted to dress it up as something else. Okay? Because if you guys look at it, if you didn't put a limit on scholarships, uh, Texas could could give endless amount of scholarships. You know, the endowment for Texas and Texas A&M is the biggest – uh, and all of sports, according to Forbes magazine. Okay. Okay, there's another story I wanted to get to. And I did not know if I was going to get enough information to really make a good educated comment on. And I think I'm going to. Naomi Oskawa, O-S-A-K-A, uh, French Open. I've never heard of her. She's a number two player, women's uh, tennis player in the country. Uh, she is, uh, she's won titles and grand slams. Uh, number two, excuse me, number two tennis player in the country. Uh, titles, grand slams. Uh, had some issues showing up to media duties for the French Open coming up. Uh, fines, possible uh, expulsion or something like that. Uh, now she's saying that she's had some mental problems. Uh, have anxiety problems, mental health problems. So she's officially dropped out, and you've got people like Pierce Morgan calling her a petulant child. And then I looked up, and, and I thought about all this stuff. She is a, uh, she's only 23 years old, okay? Yeah, yeah, four slams there, Oskawa. And, you know, and, and I'm reading, The Athletic's got this long article, on LaMarcus Aldridge talking about his mental health issues. 
and his depression problems. Uh, former basketball player at NBA that just recently retired a few months ago. There's a story out about two weeks ago that I was going to talk about, but it just bummed me out too much to even talk about, was a, um, a AAA player. Uh, it's just now came back and started playing again. He attempted suicide. One of his eyes, uh, he shot one of his eyes out. Uh, he's, his doctor was at the game. He hit a home run about two weeks ago. So we should always, and I'm glad that the other players, uh, the Williams sisters, uh, Steph Curry, Russell Wilson, remember Michael Phelps had depression problems and anxiety problems. All these players and, and superstars around the globe are coming out and supporting her. Now, my understanding, I think the only issue with this was she didn't properly go through the proper channels to uh, withdraw from the French Open. Uh, she should have handled it a little bit better. But other than that, I know she, she's young. She's 23 years old, okay? Uh, you got We got to cut her some slack, and we got to take people serious when they're talking about mental health problems, okay? Uh, I just talked about one of my favorite new athletes, boxers, Tyson Fury, had his mental health problems, and he's open about it, his alcohol and everything. So uh, I'm glad that people's come out. I'm glad that she said that, and you know, I hope the best for her. Like I said, before today, I never heard of her. Then that's kind of telling you how far tennis in general has fallen. Uh, you know, the Williams sisters are, are, are on the back end of their career. Serena's, you know, uh, life happens. She's in her mid 30. I think she's my age actually. And Venus is in her forties. Uh, you know, life happens and things happen. So, but, uh, I, I'm glad that she did what she did. And, uh, I, I just think we should cut these young people some, uh, slack here and don't say that it's, you know, give them such a hard way to go. And assume just because they're a great player that they are mature in other areas and facets of their life. Yeah, yeah, more, you know, I like Pierce Morgan, but, um, you know, I was a little bit, I didn't, I'm not in love with Meghan Merkel, but I didn't really like how he handled that situation. And I didn't like him calling this woman, this young She's a woman. She's not a she's not a kid, a petulant child. I don't think he should have went there. Um, she could have handled it different. I've I've walked out of a job when I was in my thirties. Uh, it was a, it was a long story there, but I've done stuff that I felt like I should have handled different. She's twenty three years old. You know, she she she's not thirty three or forty three. She's twenty three years old. She didn't handle it perfectly, but you know, show some empathy. She's still a young person, you know? So I wanted to end this show with that, everybody. If you like the show, share the show. I kept thinking I'm not going to have enough. I'm not going to have enough uh, material today. And what do you know? We're at 47 minutes of commercial-free me running my mouth with allergies, with air infection, running that rock. Uh, best show in America, you know? I could just, uh, you know, I'm the best. But anyways, if you don't toot your own horn, nobody will. All right, everybody. If you like the show, share the show. I'll be back on Thursday. Now, something may happen. I, I, I was thinking that today that that something would happen with Julio, Aaron Rodgers, Hayden Hurst, 
and these other Zach Ertz, I, I, those are those are really good players. Um, maybe we'll get into that. Maybe we'll have some uh, breakdown of next round in the NBA playoffs. A lot can go down here in the next few days with this battle of attrition. So I'll be back on around 9 p.m. Central Time here on Sports Scope Thursday. Have a good night, everybody. At that point, we will be exactly 15 weeks away from Dallas and Tampa, okay? Uh, again, we are, are 100 days away from the NFL, and I can't wait, Pickles. That's my Christmas. Thank you, Kathy. Y'all have a good night. Thank you, podcast, and thank you.